Hello, and welcome to ASMR Tirar de Huello. Are you hoping to calm your mind, relax your body, or experience ASMR? Dr. Andrew Michaels is here to help you. Today, Dr. Andrew Michaels shares a memory of what Halloween was like when he was a child. He also remembers what happened when, as a young parent, an acquaintance met a witch in their neighborhood. What would you do? Would you react like everyone else? You know what Halloween means, don't you? Halloween means trick-or-treats, pranks, witches running around loose in the night, scaring everybody, cackling. Oh, I remember the good old days. There were good old days, you know. Kids used to go down the neighborhoods simple. And they would get their pillowcases. <laughs> they needed pillowcases. Bags won't do it. Little plastic buckets won't cut it. And they would uh, get in the car with mom or grandma or dad. And they would go from neighborhood to neighborhood, town to town. And they would hit all the various towns nights that they had Halloween trick-or-treat and get their pillowcases full of candy. You do like candy, don't you? I bet you do. I know I do. And it never ceases to amaze me as a parent. Looking back, how our, our own parents scammed us. They scammed us. Yeah, they did. You guys go in there and watch Charlie Brown, and uh, we're going to check the candy for razor blades and needles and poison. How are they going to check our candy for poison? They were just getting all the Clark bars and all the baby Ruths out to put in their own private stash. It's amazing, isn't it? <laughs> I think all parents did that. I think 
was the idea. You're playing a trick on your neighbors and your friends, and your parents are playing a trick on you, and then someday it'll be your turn. I, I walk you kids around here because I care. No, you walk us around here because you want us to go get you five Clark bars instead of the one you'd get if you put a mask on and sat down on your knees, <laughs> pretended you were a kid. I remember that one time I took my youngest brother trick-or-treating and uh, I was very tall for a young man. I was probably 15 or 16. And I realized they were giving out full-size candy bars at this house. So I borrowed a mask from one of the kids and a bag and ran right up there and got on my knees with a bag in front of me and they gave me a candy bar and I jumped up and ran out of there and they were like, oh man, you ripped us off. <laughs> I'm not trick or treat. <laughs> Isn't that the name of the game? Yeah. It's always the same though. things change. They still have a tendency to stay the same. Tradition is like that. Like how it became a tradition to hunt down and ferret out all the witches in your area. stake. Now they just raise property taxes until they can't afford to live there anymore. It's amazing how things change, but stay the same. I remember a man came to me and uh, he was doing an outreach program for a local church and he was a little confused because he had come across a Wiccan Worshipper, a nature worshiper, Wicca. And he was so disturbed by it. She said, basically, so you understand that I'm a witch and I'm surprised that you came to my house. I didn't think Christians were like that. Well, Christians are supposed to be like that, but as this woman had just attested, she had never had a Christian come to her house, so took 30, 40 years for that to happen. She didn't have much experience with good Christian people of the area, and when she finally did, she didn't know that she had shocked this person beyond belief. They uh, couldn't believe there was a witch living in their neighborhood, right down the street from their church. So this person, uh, believe it or not, called me and this is a true story and talk to me about it like I, I don't know what to do I don't know what to think I don't know what to make of it everything seems surreal I was so panic struck I was so scared I was so nervous I was so upset and I'm like did she actually 
actually do anything to you? Did she cast a spell? Did she throw the bones across the table at you and read your fortune? Did she do anything out of the ordinary? No, was the answer, of course. But he felt like he was like in another place when he was in her presence, like uh, in another dimension. He was so frightened looking back on it, uh, blah, 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 blah. And I'm thinking, you need to lighten up. Nothing happened. Not only did nothing happen, she actually came out of it with a good experience. She realized that some churches actually pretend they're Christians and have outreach programs and visit people in the community and look for the needs of the community and help people do charity work, spread the wealth around, help their neighbors. She actually came away from your meeting with a good opinion of Christians, but you want to somehow twist it in your mind into some kind of weird psychedelic acid trip where she secretly casts some kind of a charm spell on you and time changed and you were trapped in some kind of temporal bubble. She performed ancient rituals on you, but none of that's true. The truth is she sat and listened to your witness. And when you were done, she said thank you very much, and she shook your hand, and you left. So she greeted you with kindness, and she left you with kindness, and that was what happened. His memory had changed, and his fears and his irrational knowledge that he had received over the years started to overtake his mind, and he believed that something strange and out of the ordinary, something macabre, something supernatural had occurred. I looked at my watch, and when I went in there, it was 10 to 5, and when I came out, it was 15 after 5, and I can't account for 15 of those minutes because it only felt like I was in there for two. Well, when she told you she was a wicked nature priestess, you flipped out, and your heart rate went up, and you panicked, and you started having tunnel vision, and lost track of time because she was slightly smart and slightly polite and very kind and you were mesmerized by the differences and her boldness in standing up to you and telling you exactly what she was and who she was and you were at a disadvantage and you felt like you weren't in control, but she didn't do anything wrong. Couldn't convince him. 
first. I was involved in the church at that time, trying to raise my kids in a good Christian environment. Though I saw the hypocrisy of the church, I was trying to give my kids a good start. They had to be exposed to it, I thought. Luckily, when my boys were about 10 and 8 apiece, I woke up out of my coma and realized, uh, this isn't working. Though the church I was going to was a good one, and they did some decent outreach in the community and tried. I don't know. Just a personal opinion, but I don't think God would be very happy with the church right now. And I take a chance when I bring this up in my work. I really do. Because it sounds like I don't care, like I don't believe, or I don't follow the tenets of God's teaching and Jesus' words and the prophets. But I always go back to the fact that the prophets were men. And men have a tendency to twist things. And men have a tendency to lie. They even lie to themselves. They commit a sin. They do a heinous act. They commit a crime and then they convince themselves that they really didn't do anything wrong. Really, really, they were justified. Everything's justified. Everything is logical, everything is thought out, everything is okay, it's always okay, it's okay, you know, for a long time men thought it was okay to put poison in Tylenol to scare the world, to stick a needle in an apple razor blade inside a piece of candy to drive fear into the traditions of the community to punish the community when I don't get my way I will show you God on earth that's the mantra of most men so this Wicca lady this nature worshiper took a chance and told traveling evangelist that she indeed worshipped nature and thought of God as a high priestess, a female entity, and try as I might, this man would still go and openly tell everyone in the church about her, about where she lived beliefs and frighten everyone with his tale of mystical encounters down the street. Whoa. I was looking for an excuse to leave the church for a long time. And I don't even know why I'm bringing this up, but maybe it's just because I want you to know how I feel. I got down on my knees 
still do over my decisions as a man, as a father, as the leader of my house. And I can tell you the day I walked out of the church, not of hypocrisy and out of that world of indoctrination, I can't tell you how good it felt. <laughs> how the weight of that came off my chest. There was a time I thought I needed it, but then that time had passed. And all I was left with was sorrow and sadness and a void. There was a void. Like I said, our church tried to do some of the things you're supposed to do in the community and uh, between others. And I still felt they helped with the one hand and they scolded with the other.
like everyone else. We always talk about our differences and how unique we are and how one of a kind we are in this universe, but there are certain things that make us all alike. And sadly, prejudice, hatred, jealousy, pettiness,
process, we think, therefore we have a right. I know this may not be the story you wanted me to tell on Halloween. No werewolves, no vampires, no Frankenstein's monsters. Thank you for joining us for ASMR Tirar de Cuello. Please take a moment to rate and review this podcast. If you are interested in additional ASMR content, you may view our library of videos at youtube.com slash Tirar de Cuello. The theme song Atlantis is by Jason Shaw of audionautics.com and is used by permission. Correspondence, including questions or requests, may be sent to tirardojeo at gmail.com. On behalf of Dr. Andrew Michaels, thank you.